Well, greetings, Liberty. What an exciting season we find ourselves in as a church. Uh, last week, as we gathered together at the Strand Scouts Hall, uh, we looked at Ephesians 4, the fivefold ministry and gifts which the Lord has given to His church for her building up. And as an eldership team and as a leadership team in Liberty, we feel like that's the season that God is taking us into, one of exploring the spiritual gifts that the Lord has given us for the building up of His church. Uh, and today we continue that journey and continue to build that momentum uh, as God endeavors to build His church through you and through me. I know uh, crazy that He would use us, but He does. Uh, and so we're going to continue to look at the gifts of the Spirit in the Scriptures today. And my hope really is just to ignite a confidence in you. My hope is to really develop an eagerness in us as the saints to uh, take hold of the gifts that God has given us and has poured out to us uh, and for us to continue to use them and to grow them and mature them until liberty is produced into the beautiful woman that God desires for her to be. And so as we kick off this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you are watching, uh, let us commit our time to the Lord. And so, Heavenly Father, as we look to your scriptures again today, just what a wonderful uh, lesson for us in spiritual gifts which you have poured upon your church. Uh, Lord, we are not to be naive about these things, as Paul will remind us today, uh, but we are to learn and to grow and mature in these spiritual gifts which you have given us by your Spirit. And so even as we listen today, Lord, would you inspire us, would your Spirit speak to us, uh, would you turn our attention and our hearts and our desires uh, towards those gifts which you've placed inside of us. Uh, and would you make us eager, Lord, to be those who take hold of the gifts you've given us and to use them and steward them well and diligently uh, for the good of those around us, but also, and most importantly, for your glory. We commit ourselves to you, King Jesus, uh, and ask that you would teach us today. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Cool. So we're going to go through a bunch of scriptures today as we look at the lists um, of all the gifts which are spoken of in Scripture. And Paul kicks us off in 1 Corinthians 12 where he says, Concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. And so it is possible for us to be uninformed about spiritual gifts. And so if it is gifts that the Lord has poured out into His people and wants us to use, uh, Paul is encouraging us not to be uninformed. And so today is part of that journey uh, for us to grow in being informed of the Holy Spirit and the gifts which He gives us. And so what we need to know about spiritual gifts is that firstly, that spiritual gifts are still given today. Spiritual gifts are still given today. And when we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I'm sure they conjure up mixed feelings, uh, depending on who you are and your experience and what you've seen and heard about spiritual gifts. Uh, many godless people would say that uh, spiritual gifts within the church are all just hocus-pocus, uh, crazy talk. Uh, but yet those very same people would admit that life is not just as simple as what we see, that there's something else mysterious about life uh, that they can't quite explain. And even amongst the Christians, there's really two thoughts of beliefs and probably something everywhere in between um, when it comes to the spiritual gifts. And the, the two extremes of the one is uh, continuationism and the other one is cessationism. And so the continuationism is saying that the spiritual gifts continued after the apostles and the early Acts church, uh, cessationists would say that um, while God does uh, pour out his, his gifts on special occasions, that they're not really there for the saints to use every day uh, by the power of the Spirit. And so those would be your two 
extremes uh, when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But as we look to Acts 2, we look at Ephesians 4, we look at 1 Corinthians 7, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, 1 Peter 4, I am convinced that the Lord still pours out gifts upon His church for us to use for the building up of the body. And the reason I say that is because even if we look in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit was first poured out on Pentecost in the New Testament, and this new dispensation of the Holy Spirit operating through His people, we see in Acts 2, 14-21, we see Peter standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, the people who gathered around after everyone was talking in tongues as the Spirit was poured out. He says to the men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. And listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel when this Holy Spirit was poured out. This is what Joel spoke about. And what he wrote is that in the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show, show portents in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Since Peter declares that this pouring out of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2 is the beginning of what was spoken by Joel, and since we are still waiting for that glorious and great day of the Lord, we find ourselves between these two places where the Spirit is poured out and the promises begin to be fulfilled. But as we see through Joel, it's basically going to be fulfilled through that entire period until the return of Jesus on that great day. And so we find ourselves between those two points when the, the promise was fulfilled, the beginning of the promise was fulfilled and the pouring out of the Spirit. But we still wait, do we not, for the return of our Lord and our Savior. And until that day, he says, that the Holy Spirit will be poured out on sons and daughters, young and old men and women, servants of God. All of us. And so we can be expectant that this is still taking place. Or as Paul put in his letter to the Ephesians, to what's the Holy Spirit and the gifts poured out for? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until all of us come to unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. And so what Paul teaches is that for the church to be built up into all that God desires for her, we need spiritual gifts. It would be inconsistent for us to think that the church no longer needs spiritual gifts to be built up because that would be assuming that the church has matured and has reached perfect unity and maturity and that would be naive for surely that will only really happen at the return of the great bridegroom for whom the church is being prepared and so often unawareness or abuse or poor use of spiritual gifts causes people to kind of put them aside and go well we'll get to them when we get to them uh, they're not really necessary. They're interesting, but not really necessary. Let's just get on with following Jesus and making disciples. We'll get to them later. Scripture, however, treats the Holy Spirit and the gifts which He pours out upon His church with utmost importance. Because without them, the church is not 
going to be built up into all that Jesus plans for her. And liberty will not be built up into all that God plans for us to be built up to. And so spiritual gifts are still for today and still given to the saints today. But secondly, spiritual gifts are also given to every believer. Spiritual gifts are given to every believer. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women. In those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. All flesh, sons, daughters, men, women, slaves, young men, old men, all of us, everyone. Holy Spirit being poured out. Ephesians 4 verse 7 says, For each of us was given grace. According to the measure of Christ's gift. Everyone, each of us. Paul writes in Corinthians, There are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are a variety of services, but the same Lord. There are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them. And who? In everyone. Who is this manifestation of the Spirit given? To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. And so, saint of liberty, the assurance is... That as you've put your trust and your faith in Jesus and you've been given the Holy Spirit, you are equipped with a gift, an ability that I don't necessarily have, which liberty needs for her building up. And the promise is that it will be given to everybody and each saint will be given a gift, which is so exciting because I'm eager to see it discovered. I'm eager to see it matured and grown and exercised. That liberty would be built up into this beautiful bride that God is building her up into. And so the encouragement for you, saints, is that God indeed has given you a gift. What is it? What is it? And how are you going to mature it and grow it? And so I want to go through all the relevant scriptures which talk about the various gifts. So we can just list them all out and put them all on the table and Perhaps one or two of them will draw your attention and go, ah, I think that might be me, or that really sounds interesting. Maybe the Lord has placed that in me. But it's important to understand that generally it's acknowledged that Paul hasn't listed all the gifts of the Spirit. Surely what we see in Scripture is just the beginning of this immeasurable God equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the church. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul uses the word, Pneumatica, which means the spirituals or the things of the Spirit, when he talks about these gifts. And so, a multifaceted Holy Spirit, who is God Himself. I mean, no greater being than God Himself. And the diverse people which God has created in the world, but also in His church. And as wide of an impact as the church can and is making, surely with the magnitude of all of those three things, Surely the gifts that he gives are just as multifaceted. Surely are just as diverse and surely just as wide as God himself is. And so surely there is no end to the gifts which God can pour out upon his church. But that can be overwhelming. And so I don't think Paul intends for us to be overwhelmed. I think he intends for us to look at the scriptures to provide for us brilliant riverbanks along which these gifts of the Spirit can flow. And Scripture gives us really helpful guides. And I think if we worked hard at it without crowbarring it too much, 
I think every gift that actually operates within the church could probably be categorized under these broad categories that are mentioned in Scripture. But sure, for each of us saints, you're going to have a specific outworking. And if you're part of a life group, you will have already begun that process. And if you aren't part of a life group, give me a shout or call the number at the end of this preach or get hold of a life group leader and ask them to be part of the process of discovering your gift as well as maturing it and growing it to serve the Lord and to serve the church. Uh, but as we look at the bounds of Scripture, with all the gifts that they mention, um, I'm trusting that they'll ignite in you and excite you towards something. Um, so let's get through listing them and looking at them. Uh, we're not going to look into each one in great detail, but I want to list them all and then end off uh, with looking to our great Lord and our great Savior. And so Exodus 31 verses 1 to 6 says that the Lord spoke to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with divine spirit. Now this is what the Spirit's done. With ability, intelligence, and knowledge in every kind of craft. To devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, bronze, and cutting stones for settings. In carving wood in every kind of craft. Moreover, I have appointed with him Aholiab, son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan. And I've given skill to all the skillful. I have given skill to all the skillful so that they may make all that I have commanded you. And so in Exodus 31, we see ability. We see intelligence. We see knowledge. We see in every craft. We see craftsmanship. We see devising artistic design. So creativity. We see skill in all the skillful. All of these are abilities given by the Holy Spirit for the work that God intends for those gifts we then turn to Isaiah 11 and we see a shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots the spirit of the Lord shall rest on him and the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord and so we see Jesus the promise of the Holy Spirit coming upon him that he would be empowered with wisdom with understanding with counsel with might with knowledge, even with fear of the Lord as a gift from God, to have reverential and right fear of God. Then look at Romans 12. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, surely. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ. Individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. We see prophecy, we see ministering, or some versions say serving or helps. We see teaching, we see exhortation, we see giving, uh, or even generation of wealth, which we'll see in Deuteronomy 8. Uh, leadership. We see the compassionate or the merciful uh, gifts given by God for the building up of the body. 1 Corinthians 12, 8-10 To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of of tongues. So we see the power of the Holy Spirit given to give words of wisdom, to give words of knowledge, to give supernatural faith, to give gifts of healings, to give miracles, to give prophecy, 
distinguishing between spirits, speaking in various tongues, and the interpretation of those tongues. And so many of you would know that 1 Corinthians 12 often gets categorized into three different categories. And this may or may not be helpful. It's not biblical. It's just something uh, people do to help us to remember. And so they would talk about the, the gifts of knowledge, which they would put the words of wisdom, words of knowledge, distinguishing between spirits. Those would be gifts of knowledge. Uh, three of them being the gifts of speech, which would be tongues, the interpretation of tongues and prophecy, and then gifts of power, which would be faith, healing, and miracles. They're not massively important to categorize them like that, but just wanted to bring it up as you may often see them in those categories. We then see 1 Corinthians 12, uh, which continues a little later on and says, And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? And obviously the answer to that is no. And so God's given different gifts throughout the body for different functions. And so from that second part of 1 Corinthians 12, we see the apostle, we see the prophet, we see the teacher, we see miracles. We see different kinds of healings. We see helps or forms of assistance again. We see administration or leadership or guidance. Uh, We also see tongues mentioned there. We then look at Ephesians 4, which we looked at last week. And there's just so many lists, but they're so powerful to look at. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it is said when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. The gifts he gave with that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped. As each part is working properly, saint, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. And so we see the apostle, we see the prophet, we see the evangelist, we see the pastor and teacher. 1 Corinthians 7, I wish that all were as I myself am. But each has a particular gift from God, one having one kind and another a different kind. And here Paul is talking about him not having a wife and so living a life of celibacy. And so what he says is that each has a particular gift from God. And so what he's saying is that those who are called to celibacy for their whole life, that is a gift from God. But then also uh, one having another kind, he's therefore saying even marriage is a gift from God. And so both celibacy and marriage are gifts from God. They're not something we deserve. You don't deserve to be married, people. But marriage, finding a spouse, is actually a gift from God. And like Paul and like Jesus, those who never end up having a partner, but end up living their whole lives single in serving the Lord, it's a gift from God. And both get to glorify God and be praise to His amazing name. Deuteronomy 8, 17 to 18 says, Do not say to yourself, My power and my might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, 
so that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your ancestors as he is doing today. And so the gift of provisional wealth generation, do you think any great business idea that you have is because you're so amazing? No, do not say to yourself, my power and my might have gotten me this wealth. It's a gift from God. And so there truly are people who are gifted to generate wealth. And those people, Paul encourages and calls church leaders to encourage to be generous. And so if you're wealthy, be generous. It's a gift from God and it's a gift that God is calling you to bear upon the church for her building up. It's a wonderful blessing of the Lord as He gives out provision and gives out wealth. But it's no human who's come up with that stuff. It's a generous gift from God. And our last one from the Old Testament, 1 Chronicles 25, 1-8. David and the officers of the army also set apart for the service the sons of Asaph and of Heman and of Jeduthun, who should prophesy with lyres, harps, and cymbals. The list of those who did the work and of their duties was, here we go, of the sons of Asaph, Zachar, Joseph, Nathaniah, and Azarela. The sons of Asaph under the direction of Asaph, who prophesied under the direction of the king. Of Jeduthun, the sons of Jeduthun, Gedaliah, Zerai, Jeshiah, Shemaiah, Hashabiah, and Mitahiah, Six under the directions of their father, Jeduthun, who prophesied with the lyre in thanksgiving and praise to the Lord. Of Heman, the sons of Heman, Bukiah, Mataniah, Uzil, Shebuel, and Ziramoth. Uh, Jeremoth, Hananiah, Hanani, Eliathar, Gedalti, and Ramati Ezer, Josh Bekashah, Melothi, Hother, Mahazioth. All of these were the sons of him and the king's seers. Some wonderful baby names there. Uh, Adi Nikki, some just these, I mean, they're praising people, they're singers, they're worshippers. Wonderful names there for anyone who, um, who needs some baby names. All of these are the sons of Haman. The king says, according to the promise of God, to exalt him. For God had given Haman 14 sons and three daughters, gifts from God. They were all under the direction of their father for the music in the house of the Lord. With cymbals, harps, and lyres for the service of the house of God. Asaph, Jejuthun, and Heman were under the order of the king. They and their kindred who were trained in singing to the Lord all of whom were skillful, number 288. And they cast lots for their duties, small and great, teacher and pupil alike. And so what we, saints of liberty, narrowly call worship, which is our singing, worship is everything we do as unto the Lord. We see here in the Old Testament, gifts that we're given to sing in the temple, to sing to the Lord in this Tradition has continued as we have these incredible musos, which we now call them, um, under the direction of God himself. Um, wonderful people who lead us in praise and lead us in, sing as they're, in singing as they're gifted by God. Uh, and for all of them, we are incredibly, incredibly grateful. Trained, gifted singers for the service in the house of God. Oh, you guys are awesome. We really love and appreciate you guys very much. And so I think that you will agree there's an incredibly wide river bank here, incredibly wide river, incredibly broad and strong banks within which to express the gifts that God has given us. And what I want to end off with now, hopefully those gifts have just kind of 
made you look and go, wow, there's a lot of gifts that the Holy Spirit pours into His people. And we need all those gifts if liberty is going to look like what God has planned her to look like. Do you know that, saint? Whatever the gift is that you have, we need it. Liberty needs it. And so as we think of these gifts, and hopefully some of them you've been like, oh, I really like that. I want to explore that a little bit more. Do that. What I want to end with is that spiritual gifts are to be eagerly exercised. Spiritual gifts are to be eagerly exercised in loving service of the saints by the strength of God for the glory of Jesus Christ. If there's one line that you take away today as an inspiration to you, let it be this, that spiritual gifts are to be eagerly exercised in the service, in the loving service of the saints by the strength given by God and for the glory of Jesus. Eagerly exercised. We see Paul writes, pursue love and strive for the spiritual gifts. Paul's not like just leave the gifts to the side and when you get to them, get to them. Strive for the spiritual gifts, he says, and especially that you may prophesy. He continues and says, so with yourselves, since you are eager for spiritual gifts and liberty, I am eager for us to have spiritual gifts. He says, strive to excel in them for building up the church. Strive to excel in your spiritual gifts for the building up of the church. Saints, do not be shy of the spiritual gift that God has given you. Paul writes to Timothy and he says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you through prophecy with the laying on of hands by the council of elders. He says, Do not neglect the gift. Saint, do not neglect your gift. He later writes in a second letter to Timothy. He says, For this reason I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you. Sometimes these gifts have to be rekindled when we just let them lie to the side and they flame down. I don't want us to be those people. I want us to be people who eagerly exercise our gifts, eagerly seek them out and strive to exercise our gifts. Now I want to encourage you, saints of liberty, to eagerly discover. He's, Paul's pretty convinced here that we need to eagerly strive for this stuff, not just let it go by the wayside. And so I want to encourage you to eagerly desire, eagerly discover, eagerly exercise and rekindle for some of us the gift that God has placed in you. Because he has. And you may be concerned that, oh, I'm going to get all proud and I'm going to get all self-centered with my gift. Well, firstly, that gift needs to grow before there's any chance of us getting self-centered or proud about it. But you won't if you're actively part of a local church and if you're actively exercising your gift in the body. You won't get proud if you're actively part of a local church and if you actively and eagerly exercise your gift in loving service of the saints, understanding that it's by the power of God and because it's for the glory of Jesus. How do you get proud when you're doing it in service of the saints? How do you get proud when you remember that it's by the power of God? And how do you get proud or self-centered when you know that the gifts are for the glory of Jesus, not for you? Like good stewards, writes Peter, of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Peter's like, come on. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies 
so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. That's where that comes from. Eagerly exercising our gifts in loving service of the saints, understanding it's by the strength of God and for the glory of Jesus. Exercising our gifts is not about you. It's never been about you and it will never be about you. It's about others. It's about God. It's about Jesus. Other people are the beneficiaries. God is the enabler and Jesus gets the glory. Let us eagerly exercise our gift, saints. For in the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your older men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood, fire, smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Liberty, saint of liberty, your gift, my gift, when used effectively, builds up the body of liberty. And it bears testimony to the power of of Jesus, so that people will begin to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. There is purpose behind us operating these gifts and, and working and executing them and employing them for the building up of the church and also so that others outside of the church would come to know Jesus. We can't do that by ourselves. And so God gives us the Holy Spirit with gifts. We may be a testimony to those around us. And until the Lord's great and glorious day, until His return, His command to us is, His commission to us, is to eagerly exercise your spiritual gift in loving service of the saints by the power of God for the glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus. For those of you whose lives are without purpose, who maybe you're new to liberty, maybe you have never met the Lord Jesus, and maybe you find that your life is without purpose and without God, can I invite you to call upon the name of Jesus? Call upon the name of Jesus. You will not only receive spiritual gifts with which there is purpose to your life, with which there is power in your life, not only will you receive spiritual gifts with which to serve God, but you will receive the ultimate gift of all, Jesus himself. Jesus, the ultimate gift given to you and given to me for the saving of our souls, for the redeeming of us, for the wiping away of our ungodliness and the returning of us into sweet fellowship with God once again. And all of that to take place on this planet until he returns to come and rescue you, to come and take your soul, to come and take your body, to go to be with him. A renewed body, a renewed mind, a renewed soul to go and live in perfect union with God. Call upon the name of the Lord. May today be a day that lifts your eyes to Jesus' plan for you. May it lift your eyes to have confidence 
and to trust that God wants to work through you. These scriptures are clear. Eagerly desire. Come on, strive for this stuff. Don't neglect it. Fire it up. Until the return of our Lord. I trust your eyes have been lifted up to trust that God has a plan and a purpose for you and has given you gifts. And that together with the rest of liberty, until that great and glorious day when Jesus returns, that together, as we exercise our gifts, that liberty will be built up and people all around us in the Helderberg Basin, in the Western Cape, in South Africa and in the world will begin to call upon the name of the Lord. We need God's empowering to do that, saints of liberty. We don't have it in and of ourselves. We need the power of God. So can I encourage you to discover, to exercise, and to grow in the gift that the Spirit has given you. We want to make liberty an environment and a place where we can all do that together. And so over the next few weeks, as we continue to explore that, I trust that you will find courage in God to exercise your gift. I want every one of us to be excited and impassioned and fired up to discover the gifts, to mature the gifts, and to exercise the gifts amongst us as a body. And so I just want to commit us once more into the hands of God over this next season. And so Heavenly Father, thank you for every gift that you have placed in liberty. Thank you today just for that reminder of all the gifts that you've mentioned in your scriptures. But more than that, how your Spirit has encouraged us through Paul to strive after these gifts, Lord, to employ them in your service. May we use the gifts of the Holy Spirit to serve the saints by the power of God and for the glory of your name, King Jesus. Lord, it is an exciting adventure to be with you. The gift of Jesus is our ultimate gift, of which we are so grateful. But you've also given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And each with that, each of us individually, different gifts for the building up of liberty. That people around us would call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Lord, let liberty become a place where people discover, explore, and grow and mature in their gifts. That liberty would be built up and that people would call on the name of the Lord and be saved. And trust every single one of us to you, King Jesus. We love you and we want to live all for your great glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Liberty. Thank you, visitors. Um, For those who are not part of a life group, I want to encourage you to find one. Get hold of the office. Get hold of Justine. Find a life group that you may grow in your gifting. Discover your gifting. Grow in your gifting. And be part of the building up of the church as God intends for you. Love and miss you all. We'll gather together very soon. Uh, Looking forward to seeing you all.